Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Now part two of my special interview with Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA technology. We get into a lot of you have been asking me, is there a way to reverse the effects of the shot? Now part two. There, what a good point. If, wow. If you, take, if you take this at face value, what he's saying is that Pfizer is having to go to extraordinary measures, uh, arguably illegal measures, to try to engineer a product. If we if we take it on face value and we don't go where Kim.com went, right. which is the thesis that Pfizer is, in, is, is, is creating the problem and the solution simultaneously, um, this self-licking ice cream cone idea. But um, which, you know, could and the, and the gentleman acknowledges that, that this is a cash cow and the yes. ultimate version of this cash cow would be that if they were generating the mutants and the vi- and the vaccines and somehow the mutants were ending up in the population and then suddenly they had the cure. Right. Um, this is, you know, this is like a, a bad science fiction movie. Uh, but this whole narrative of the last three years, it seemed like some bizarre a poorly written uh, dystopian science fiction script. But what what they're saying is, if, if you take it at face value, he's saying explicitly, we, we cannot produce a product fast enough to get out ahead of the virus. Now, the way he's saying that they're going to try to solve this, you know, crack this nut, makes no sense immunologically, which is probably why they're not able to crack it because they don't have um, the thinking that they need. And they, clearly they don't have the experience in the executive suite that they need. Right. And clearly they have corporate uh, culture that is um, twisted at best. Well, you said something uh, that I but, hadn't thought about, though. I mean, it, it, this has to show that what they're using, what they're doling out now, is, is not as effective as they pretend. It's not working. So they've got to mutate the virus themselves to make their own cure, almost like an antivirus program on your computer. If those companies made the viruses, it would make sense that their antivirus would work. So that's how they can say, well, look how effective it is against this new strain, yeah. a new strain that they yeah. made and didn't tell us about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they're saying uh, uh, we can't anticipate uh, the uh, evolutionary path that is occurring in humans right. under natural selection in the face of broad-based vaccination. I mean, this is the whole thing. If you, if you unpack it, it is just layers of stupid on top of stupid. Um, and, and as the podcast I was just on with a couple of financial quant guys point out, um, when you see all the stupid all points in the same direction, it's not random, then you have to wonder whether it's truly stupid or it's nefarious in some way. Right, is it criminal or is it stupid? I mean, or is it both? (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to discern. Uh, um, uh, But uh, in this case, I think that uh, this is a pretty explicit acknowledgement that Pfizer C-suite is facing the dilemma and trying desperately to come up with some solution to the problem that uh, explicitly the boosters have failed. People won't take them. They don't work. They're actually making things worse. And uh, Pfizer, to maintain his words, this cash cow has got to come up with something better and they can't figure out how to solve their problem and so they're resorting to things that are um, hail mary pass, you know, hail mary um, uh, maneuvers.
That's what's going on. It's Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, go to maloneinstitute.org. His substack is rwmalonemd.substack.com. On all socials, he's uh, at R.W. Malone, M.D. One last question, Doctor. I appreciate you coming on in short uh, short notice today. But the question uh, is for this: you, for you, you, Joe, I would I would have jumped through hoops. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And again, beautiful <laughs> new studio. Thank you for showing it to us. Um, I've got to ask you one question that people ask me all the time. It's away from the Pfizer story on mRNA yeah. technology. People are scared to death now because there are a lot of sudden collapses, sudden deaths. There are yeah. mounting, uh, there's a, a mounting uh, bit of evidence saying there are adverse effects here that they haven't been telling us about, and this is really bad. Can somebody take something that not, would not my undo? Book. Uh, oh, there you go. Hey, I'll, I'll show you. They're, they're going to show that. Cause unknown, yeah. the epidemic of uh, sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. Go and, go yeah. and get that. Yeah, by, uh, book. No, it, it's awesome. Um, it, we're seeing this nonstop, and I want people to stop dying. I want people to stop collapsing at 25 years old having heart attacks yeah, too. on the football field or the <laughs> soccer field. So the question is, if somebody has gotten the shot, I'm unvaxxed, I don't have to worry about this, but if somebody got the shot, is there something that can undo the shot? So that's a great question. I have long COVID and I also, I am absolutely vaccine damaged. Uh, I, after Moderna 2, I got one of the bad batches for Moderna 2, and I developed hypertension to 230. I still have problems controlling my heart rate. I'm on drugs to keep my blood pressure down, et cetera, et cetera, and many other symptoms. And I'm currently uh, completing the FLCCC recovery protocol right. under doctor supervision. And there are, there's a new uh, oral protease. I'm not going to pump it here. Okay. Uh, that, that is uh, a number of us of in, in my little niche of, of uh, innovative doctors like Paul Merrick and, and Pierre Corey and Richard Urso and, and the others uh, have, have uh, Ryan Cole have, have been um, investigating. Some of us are taking it. And it, and it seems to help uh, break up these microclots that are sludging up our afferent. So that's the part of your capillary bed it's actually arterioles the part as the blood is getting into your capillaries a lot of that seems to be getting sludged up with these highly cross-linked kind of uh clot like uh, material are they globs of protein what what are these clots yeah it's it's fibrin it's cross-linked fibrin so um it's and it's highly cross-linked and the spike seems to be intimal in causing this and there's a bunch of things you can do in, in experimentally in a petri dish, basically, or on a slide with blood, uh, um, uh, plasma right. that has fibrin in it, to show that if you introduce spike, you cause uh, bizarre um, degranulation events in platelets, and uh, you you generate this uh, clot mesh matrix. So fibrin, you know, we need fibrin. <laughs> we need we need clotting because, like the other day when I was uh, uh, rewiring something and I and I caught caught this finger with a razor knife, uh, oh no. you know I don't want to bleed out from that. Right. Uh, so we want things that will will act, get in there and create like a little fiber network that keeps your blood from exsanguinating out. Yes. And fibrin is that thing. There's a whole elaborate clotting cascade. But fibrin, you know, clots have to reform. We don't want to have clots once they form all over our body. And so we have to break them down. And what seems to be happening with spike is that you're getting these highly, highly cross-linked clots. And not just the big ones. We, we've seen these pictures. Um, 
you know, some a lot of the stuff that was in that died suddenly video is is garbage, but some of it is is solid and and absolutely these gray rubbery clots that are forming in living in the dead, um, we we find in autopsy specimens, but also in surgical specimens, um, uh, those are real and they are very unusual, and they're kind of like have the consistency of a rubber band, right. and they're highly crosslinked and. They also, these form as macro clots, but also very small clots, and they seem to be, um, this, this cardiac, sudden cardiac death seems to be multifactorial. Uh, one of them is the uh, consequences of myocarditis. The heart doesn't um, recover its scars, and when you get scar tissue in the heart, it changes the electrical properties of the heart, and um, that's a whole course in medical school about that ha how that happens. But the consequence is that when you have little bubbles of heart tissue that don't conduct electricity in the same way that all the other tissue around it does, then you can end up with electrical signals coming into heart muscle at the wrong time, and it it causes the heart to just kind of quiver like this. And we call this ventricular fibrillation. And since the heart works as a pump that squeezes in a very controlled fashion, if it suddenly starts going like this, then um, you end up with no blood flow and no blood flow means you die. Um, and so that's one of the things associated with the chronic, with the myocarditis and the scarring. But we also seem to have uh, these odd um, blood clots forming in, or getting lodged in cardiac vessels. So this is classic heart attack right, which can also trigger a ventricular fibrillation. Right. And um, uh, unlike what we're used to with cardiologists or the interventional cardiologists are used to, which is ruptured plaque, you know, this is the stuff that builds up on the inside of your blood vessels and then it gets so bad and then it, something happens and it pops and it triggers coagulation. And um, that creates more of a loose clot or blockage. And they can take these interventional cardiac catheters, these thin little tubes, and thread it through. It's amazing to watch. And then poke the tip through those uh, loose clots, and then they blow up a little balloon, and it squeezes that clot out towards the edge of the blood vessel. And lo and behold, then your heart gets blood, and, and um, you're saved. Unfortunately, with these hypercoagulated, uh, um, hypercrosslinked fibrin clots that are forming in the heart, uh, or being lodged there, and by the way, also in the brain, uh, they, they're so hard and, and cross-linked, they can't even get the tip of the damn catheter through them so they can get down to the balloon and blow them up. Wow. So that's, that seems to be the other big thing that's going on is these clots forming elsewhere and then being blown in, including up here, uh, and forming in situ, right, actually in the, in the vessels, and um, they're very unusual because it appears this spike protein is causing the cross-linking. Now, there's some new, I mentioned there's some new hope in terms of proteases, uh, protein cleaving things, proteins, um, proteins that cut open other proteins right. that seem to be able to break up this particular type of unusual um, cross-linking of fibrin. And... Uh, and some of those appear to be orally bioavailable, and um, 
One of those is one of the products that I'm taking currently. And I can tell you, don't ask further questions. Uh, my wife assures me, Jill tells me that I have much more energy and stamina these days. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any questions about that, but I appreciate knowing it. Um, you know, people, people watching and listening, Doc, are going to be very happy to hear at least there's something that that is being uh, is being trialed or attempted by some to see if they can reverse the damage because they're hearing very bad information. Like Fauci said, as you probably heard, that myocarditis is temporary. That's a lie. It's not temporary. And he also said that the the effects of, on the heart are much worse for those who get COVID than those who get vaccinated, although those who get vaccinated do have a higher chance of having myo or, or pericarditis. What he said didn't make any sense. Even if it's true, why would I yeah, add to that lied. the vaccine on top of it? But, but is, there any, truth, is there any truth to it being temporary? I'm, I'm convinced. Let me just say this about Tony Fauci. I'm convinced that Tony is a basically intelligence community trained, and he is deeply embedded in the intelligence community and has been for a long time. As I listen to him over time, and, and recall his behavior patterns, they, they mirror what I observe in my colleagues who are CIA trained. People that come through the training in the intelligence community and live in that community, um, they, they develop, we, I, early on I called it the noble, the noble lie, um, Plato's noble lie, that um, uh, people responsible for managing the state or the community that it's it's appropriate for them to lie about some things in the interest of the common good, but in Tony's case, in in many of my CIA colleagues, when I interact with them, I have to assume that every single thing they're telling me is a lie, and the truth is buried in there in little fragments. Wow! And uh, the challenge is to pick out what is the truth, and what are the sensitive topics that they're trying to cover with the lies. And um, one of the, I have a friend who is one of the founders of the Panda Group down in, in South Africa, gave us a great metaphor. You can tell where the sensitive topics are because functionally they erect an electric fence around it. And anywhere you, anytime you get close to one of those topics, you get a shock. You know, they, they, they will attack you, right. they'll defame you, they'll say something. Um, okay, those are, the, those are the indicators of where the hot topics are that they're trying to cover up. And they use all these methods like the limited hangout, et cetera, to kind of, um, it's like a shell game, the razzmatazz. Oh, look over here. You know, yep. this is really interesting over here. And meanwhile, the actual thing is over here that they don't want you to pay attention to. So Tony is very much like that. He behaves like he is a member of the intelligence community, whether or not he is. And he lies all the time. And uh, you have to recognize that. And then what you can do with once you once you're kind of get your mind wrapped around the fact that you're dealing with liars um, all the time, they're very skilled at it. And they're very strategic about how they lie. Then you can use that to start to discern truth. And, and you can do things like try to trap them in lies or watch and figure out where these hot topics are that they try to distract from. You'll notice this in, in Tony's communication all the time. If he's getting a, someone who's even slightly, uh, you know, uh, trying to be a journalist um, uh, and ask him some question that that he doesn't want to answer, he'll immediately divert. Right. Like the most experienced politician would. I mean, he's a master at this. Really is. Um, he will he will immediately throw something out that distracts you over here um, so that you are distracted from, a, you know, whatever the 
question was that you were seeking. Yeah, no, so and, and we see that over and over just, with him. He just lies. Yeah, no, he, he does. Lies. It's uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone. Go to uh, maloneinstitute.org. Go to his Substack, which is great. rwmalonemd.substack.com. Follow him everywhere, rwmalonemd, uh, on all of the social media, back on Twitter as well. Doc, thanks a million for jumping in the chair today. I think I'll make two parts out of this. So much incredible information. I want to get it all out today. Thank you again for doing it. And let's do it anytime you want to come back on. Let's make that happen. Yeah, let's let's talk about fifth generation warfare next time, okay? Because yeah. that's that's this leads into that. Um, so well, that's uh, a great that, promotion that, for next time. Okay, super. <laughs> and thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, sir. We're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. appreciate Dr. Malone coming on. If you missed any part of that interview, it was a two-parter. Part one in hour one, part two, hour two. I'll post the entire thing without any parts. It'll just be the entire thing, the whole 30-some-odd minutes of it, up on Rumble after the show. Make sure that you go check that out, share it with everybody, and, uh, and go see exactly what he had to say. He's got a lot of opinions and a lot of facts that he gave us today that you're going to want to hear. Let me tell you about uh, your heating bills going through the roof. You know that they are. The cost to, to heat your home, the energy bills alone, are astronomical right now. Why not go and check out the powerful heating technology used by the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater? It's already helping thousands of people save money on their heating bills at Eden Pure. An advanced heating engineering team has combined an infrared heating system and a convective heating system. They work all together in one space heater. Those two technologies work to heat a home better than your current furnace, boiler, baseboard heat, and other space heaters by using two forms of heating technology to heat a room. The Gen 40 heater makes you feel warmer and reduces your heating bill. Never be cold again and save money month after month with Eden Pure. Right now, you can get an additional $50 off the Gen 40 sale price with my discount code. Got to go to the website, though. It's EdenPureDeals.com, E-D-E-N, PureDeals.com. Enter discount code P-A-G-S-5-0. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code is PAGS50, P-A-G-S-5-0. By the way, when you use that code, you're also going to get free shipping on this great heater. Get this done and get it done right now. Lots more coming your uh, coming your way next hour. I guess they're really... Uh, Carrie, have they already released it or they're going to release no, this video have, from Memphis? No, they have released it. They've released footage. Okay. We'll find out uh, the latest on that. I don't know if the National Guard is there yet or not. Maybe we can check in and see. Um, we'll talk about that situation. This anticipation of a riot and of violence is very strange to me. We should not be living in a, in a day and age where we're, we're sure it's going to happen. That's, that's weird. Keep it here. Coming back. This is the Joe Pag Show.